Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, you guys, welcome to Just a Sip. I really appreciate you guys being here and listening another week. Now, before we begin with our next guest, I want to warn you, before you listen, that some of the topics we may be discussing today could be triggering. We talk about sexual abuse, assault, and drug use. It may be hard to hear for some, but I promise you it's a powerful conversation. Now, without further ado, please welcome my American beauty, Mina Savari. Congratulations on this book. Thank you. First of all, most congratulations on having a baby. Thank you. I made a human. <laughs> what has that been like for you? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, it's been everything. I'm still going through it. I mean, he's only four months old. Yeah. It's so interesting because do you guys remember in the 90s and 2000s, celebrities <laughs> had to be like perfect. Like you couldn't talk about mental illness. You couldn't talk about, you know, consent. You couldn't talk about drug use, you know, and you always had to be on point because that's what the people around you expected. What's it feel like that now you get to write, you know, the great piece and talk about all these things and help other people cope? I mean, it's beautiful. It's incredibly liberating. I never expected any of that to happen. If it does, you know, that's wonderful. I just felt so compelled to do it through experiencing all of that. Yeah. I made the connection that what I experienced in my life meant something. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in, in hearing other people share and tell their story. I look at my life and I'm, I'm 33. I'm a single enthusiast, but I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to realize that I grew up in a single parent home and I don't know how to share my life with somebody. So now I'm mm. working on that part. What about your childhood reflected how you chose men? Mm. Do you oh, find gosh. the most? Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I think what, you know, people can come to learn by reading the book. I mean, there's all of those assumptions to be made. I think that for me, what was communicated was very unhealthy. And so it led me into these very, um, you know, a lot of um, destructive relationships yeah. full of like manipulation and, you know, abuse and things like this because I didn't see my value in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I suffered from so much as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, just second guessing it. There's always like an excuse I could apply. Like it wasn't that bad. 
For sure. Right. Like, well, I wasn't hospitalized over it. So I had, I learned that. It's crazy, right? But we only learn that when we share and we talk with one another. So, you know, so I always thought like, well, I wasn't like beaten into submission. So I can't say that I was raped. It's so crazy because when I read the book and I read the pages at 12 years old, I don't know if you have the words to describe that you knew this person, he mm -hmm. was a friend of the family's, mm -hmm. and I didn't consent. When did you learn the words to how you felt? Because it just seems like at that age, you don't know that. I think when I was tired of playing that role. When was that? Rolling when I started over. writing a few years ago. Yeah. I didn't care anymore. You know, it was about what I needed to do for myself. And I wasn't quite sure like how that was going to look because I, you know, I wasn't like, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, people are going to read it and they're going to care. Definitely not. Because that's still the process of me feeling like, wait, somebody cares. Somebody's yeah. listening. I'm just talking about that process of how I found more of my voice. I talk about permission. I use that word in the book and I, I um, include a poem in there. So it's that. It was giving myself the permission. To finally talk about to it. To finally talk and to say, like, this is how I consider it. This is how I feel it went down. Yeah. No, for Instead sure. of, you know, always walking away from it and saying, like, well, you know, well, I came out of it. Like, well, I survived. Like, well. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. So, so you know, but it's okay and it's still very important for me to hold those moments for myself. And I talk about that too, like when I first started therapy and how I, I had a moment where I allowed myself to grieve what I felt like I didn't have. Yeah. That's okay, but I didn't know that. And that's very powerful. And if you don't know that, then you're sort of just like, you run on empty. For sure. Yeah. It, it's crazy too, and I, I read this in the book, how when you were filming American Pie, you were living a double life. Mm -hmm. No one knew that you were addicted to meth and you were going to I had to been set. before that. You Not when I was that. working on American no, Pie. No, you had been before that. Yeah. Because I had been, I, I called it meth month, you know. <laughs> Always loved alliteration. That was like my thing. But with Tyler, I talk about how that was like the one thing that I got out of that, right? Because he didn't like that drug. Yeah. So it was the one benefit I got out of. That relationship. That relationship was I got clean off of that drug. But um, yes, I'm working on American Pie and it was... No one knew that the perfect girl in American Pie was dealing with no. all of this drama at mm -hmm. home. That must have been a high in itself. Not a high, but I was just, um, that was like my best outfit. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I, yes. um, you know, that's all I wore. I knew how to do that. Well, you're an actress. Yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was doing that without knowing it then. Yeah. And that's what I try to talk about, you know? So it was, um, that was probably part of my survival. For sure. But yeah, so it was, for sure, I could wrap it up very neatly in a sweater set with Heather. Yeah. Mm. Why was that your thing? <sighs> I mean, if you're talking about meth yes. specifically, I talk about how it wasn't my thing. You just got caught up in it. Oh, yeah. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't ever something that I was like looking for. I talk about, um, I ended up on a vacation and I was at a party and it was shown to me. Yeah. And the way that it was um, presented to me was that it's the worst thing in the world 
but it will make you feel like you can do anything. It's exactly how it was communicated to me. And you remember those words yeah, vividly. I remember that moment because I'm sure that that's probably what I would have wanted in my life. And what did I care? So if that was going to get me to it quicker, then why not? But I didn't know what it was. And then I talk about that, how I lost my mind that night. And then I thought, well, okay. I don't think anyone picked up on that. I'm going back to LA. I'm okay. Because I don't know that there. Yeah. I don't know anyone. But for whatever reason it worked out the way it did, the people that I knew here when I met a new group of friends, there it was. It found you. Yeah. And that's just what was happening then. Yeah. So it wasn't just like the only one doing it. For sure. Yeah. So then you're just kind of like in that crowd. And then I, I can only assume, I mean, by then you're just sort of like so far down the rabbit hole. You know, you live this life, this, on this one hand, you have this one life, and on the other hand, you have this other life. It must have been mentally and physically taxing mm -hmm. to keep those things separate. How mm -hmm. did you keep those things separate? There was always, like, something that kind of saved me at the right moment. Yeah. Something that came in just the right moment. You talk about people as a blessing, even if it didn't work out, you know, with Tyler... He got you off of this and you could have moved on with your life. How do you keep a positive outlook even when things were a mess? Well, I don't always. That's the daily work and that's the choice. That's the choice. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So you're my new therapist. <laughs> <laughs> very sweet. Um, it's very nice of you to say. But yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, None of that's, none of that's easy. I think I just, I choose to because I've spent so much time in those moments, right? Yeah. I spent so much time losing myself over it and none of it changed. For sure. None of those moments changed any of that for me. So I think I'd rather do something different with it. What was it like for you? Because I've never asked anyone this ever. And I have friends who have been through sexual abuse and have never talked about it, but Watching Black Lives Matters for me on TV alone was an awakening. It put things in my heart that I had never felt before, that I had suppressed. For you as a woman, watching everyone come out during the Me Too movement must have felt like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, well, it was the permission that I learned I could give to myself. Yeah. Was there anyone that you've reached out to from your past to talk about the things that you guys hadn't talked about ever? I mean, that's just starting now. Yeah, because no one has read this or knows of it. Yeah. Is um, there anyone you're, ex like, not excited, but you're glad that they're going to get to finally see the real you mm, in this book? I don't really think of it like that. I mean, I'm more than happy to have these conversations. I love it. That makes me feel good at this point in my life um but I, I I haven't really I try not to like entertain those thoughts too much because that's not the purpose of why I did this it's um it's so much deeper it's truly something that I had to do for myself and my relationship with the universe you know yeah um but if anything I mean I've I've always had the passion the intention that um I've phrased it you know if I could uh, shave off a summer of suffering for anyone that I want to do that. Yeah. 
that I want to be that person that I felt like I needed. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Take me back to American Beauty. You said that you identified with Angela mm -hmm. so much. What was it about that young woman that... Well, it wasn't necessarily in a healthy way. Yeah. I just say that because I knew her. I knew how to play that card. I knew how to seduce someone. Yes. And so if that's what, you know, so in reading American Beauty, I just felt like I understood Angela more than Jane, per se, because I'd been playing that life. Yeah. I knew that dynamic. You want me to flirt and seduce you? I know how to do that. I've been doing that. You started acting at what age? Um, I did my first commercial when I was seven. Seven. <sighs> I feel like even at that age, there's a level of seduction when you're going into mm -hmm. a casting room, when you're dealing with directors. How early did you realize that you were playing that card? It's like a whole other conversation. It's a great conversation. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I had done some child modeling around that time. I mean, for sure by the time that I was in Charleston, because then I w we moved there before I was 12. And then just for fun, I started modeling. And then that was just sort of like, there was just so much excitement around it. And it was like, you know, being dressed up and um, she looks like she's 18. So much that. Yeah. Almost like, like what it's that like a mean? compliment. Yeah. So you're just sort of like, oh, great. Okay. And, and you know, even even after I um, I competed in a modeling competition and I did very well and signed with Wilhelmina um, under their kids division, Wee Willies, and I went to New York for a summer um, when I was 13. And then, uh, and then I came out here the next summer when I was 14 and under their commercial division, and that's how I stayed. But when I was in New York that summer, I was walking around all of Manhattan wearing heels. I wanted to be taller. It's like I just wanted to like fast forward to 18. And be an adult. Because mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's just. That's what the audition process teaches you is that you want to be older. No, it's quicker. not that. It's not that that's what the audition process teaches me. It's just that that's where I was at. That's, that's the connection that I had made. Oh, she looks 18. Oh, like we want you pretty and dressed up. And oh, I got to be taller and I got to wear heels. And yeah, I wasn't like. Oh, wait, I'm a teenager now. I'm 13. What do I like? You know, none of that. It was just sort of like work, grind, do this. Yeah, yeah. Be this person, fit into that. That makes sense. So I went into that mode because I'd also just come out of my experience with KJ. So it's not just like what everybody professionally was telling me, but it was also like intimately what a man was telling me. Yeah. My worth. So crazy. Yeah. It's where are you from? I was born in Rhode Island. Born in Rhode Island. You see, I only, I only thought people in Louisiana didn't talk about sex. Like, you know, <laughs> one day you wake up and the next day you're on birth control. And the next day, like you're doing this. Like, I just felt like my parents just never just glossed over that that part for me. And I learned sex from this woman named Sue Johansson on Talk Sex. You have the old Canadian woman it. who would. Do you guys remember that Talk Sex with Sue Johansson? It was crazy, and I, I met her, and I looked at her one day and I said, "Oh my God, I want to tell you the reason why I'm not I'm alive, is because you taught me about condoms and about everything because my parents never talked to us about those things." It's also, I mean, a particular 
style in this country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like we just don't have a healthy relationship with those things, I think. So we don't want to talk about it. It's like, oh, that's not happening. Yeah. Abstinence. Yeah. I'm like, abstinence? Yeah. Please. Like, but as a mother, how are you going to change those conversations and those patterns with your own son? I think I just want to try to set the tone that it's okay to have them. Yeah. It's very important for me that he and really anyone in my life that I care about feels that I'm present and that if they needed me, I'm truly there. And it's yeah. okay to talk to me yeah. about these yeah. things. Because I didn't do any of that because I just firmly believed that I had no outlet or resource. Yeah. Yeah. So I just relented. I just thought, well, okay, you know, I can't fight anymore. I was using all of that energy just to survive. For sure. Yeah. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can we talk about my favorite part of the book? <laughs> we talk about the best sex you ever had. <laughs> There is a guy who I'm going to write. I don't care if I'm married to the Prince of Abu Dhabi and he is the most conservative man in the world. <laughs> there is a chapter for this man named Stephen. Shout out. Um, <laughs> and I think it's important to talk about those mind-blowing connections. But when you were writing this book and your husband was going to read it, was that a pre-conversation? No, he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't even know. I don't even know if he'll read it. It's weird. <laughs> He's going to yeah. read it. But it was important because it, I wanted to start from the beginning. And it's not just like a book of trauma. There's a lot of beautiful moments in there, too. And, yeah, I get very detailed and, and how it is very complex, you know, relationships that I was in that um, where I wasn't faithful. Yeah. You know? I talk about a moment of how that other person who I was unfaithful with was there for me in a way that they didn't need to be. When you look back at the book, you talk about that first big relationship of yours where that person was unfaithful to you and then you continued the pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I established that behavior for myself. And then, you know, my response was sort of like, well, then I'll just treat everyone the way that they've been treating me. Because that's all I know. Well, what do I care? Why can't I treat a man the same way that he's been treating me my whole life? So I flipped the script. Why can't I have an open relationship? So it was interesting to me when I talked about a relationship I had with Jay and how all of a sudden, you know, if I wanted to be yeah. in more than one relationship and I was honest about it, that that wasn't, you know, that was too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I just wanted to point out and I'm still figuring out as to why. But yes, that started to rear its head yeah. in response, you know. I had only taken so much and so I felt like, well, then I'm just not going to. I'll shut it all off then. And so then it really was the process of, of coming to now where I had to find the balance. Yeah. Because it became like all or nothing for me. For sure. Now, when you look at this book in its entirety, what's the greatest part of it to you? The happiest part, the part that you couldn't wait to write about? I mean talking about meeting my husband and the possibility and all of that, my son. I mean, that truly, uh, nothing else will ever compare to that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad that I am grateful if it led me to where I am now. Yeah. Because I would have given up. I would have been like, that. I am done with men. Get me in this commune. I'm going to grow vegetables and <laughs> yoga and not worry about men. Well, I talk about that, though. There are many times where I did. Yeah. Why do you think? I entertained the thought very heavily. Yeah. Do you look back on the time that you met your husband, whose last name is Hope, and I love that about him? Someone said to me once, he said, I love when the magic happens. Yeah, that was it. That moment. And you, it came at the right time. Yeah. I didn't want to go uh, at that time and work. I didn't even know. Like, I'd never been to that location. I was like, ugh. Here we go. I, <laughs> I just felt like, you know, I hadn't planned for it. And then my life just completely took a 180. I never would have thought any of that would have come out of, of taking that step, taking that chance. Yeah. I can love again. Yeah. Yeah. Or just that, you know, why not go just, just, yeah, just be open to possibility instead of holding myself back. For sure. You kind of, you, you learn to, I don't know, that was the process for me. I knew where it would go if I just kept saying like, no, I'm afraid. Yeah. So I pushed myself to open up to what might happen if I let go. But that oh moment, I'm going to be somebody's mom. <laughs> like, because I always, I often like wait for the look in people's eyes when they realize what's really about to happen. Because like getting pregnant, and it's all fun and games, and it's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. It's so cute. And then at eight months or seven months, you're like, oh damn, this is. There's no turning back at this point. <laughs> yeah. Did you have that moment as well? I did. I mean, it's hard to put that into words. Um, if you're growing a life inside of you, I mean, it just, I'll never have words for that. It's just too strange and too weird and too beautiful. I was honored, really. It was the greatest gift. Yeah. So crazy that women can do that. It's, it's like really it's, odd. It is, yeah. It's very strange. Um, and yeah, there's so much more now that I want to talk about it because it's not just that simple, Yeah, you know? It's, it's not just about the pregnancy. There's a lot more that comes after. And I thought I was done, but I think I really <laughs> have a lot more to talk about. And, uh, and it wasn't surprising to me after, you know, I've seen like the course of how my life has gone fraught full of challenges. So I thought like, oh, it's just the, <laughs> it's yeah. like the next chapter. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, there's a lot that happened. And um, yeah, so I want to. I really want to address it because I just feel like we don't. What's the one thing that you learned about yourself through motherhood? That's a deep one that I learned about myself. I feel like I'm still learning so much. Um, I sometimes sit with how closed off I can become. Yeah. 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 I'm very aware of that. I don't, so I try to stay open. Yes. Yeah. Keep my heart open and not feel, um, I mentioned that the other day, right? Like, cause it's not about me anymore. That's a big, that's a crazy, it's a crazy and it's a big deal because it's always been about you when you really think about it in your world. It's it, but, and it's, it's also that I've made it about me a lot. Right. Yeah. You know, but sometimes so, you gotta do that. So yes, and yeah, but I don't have to sit with it anymore, right? 
Yeah. Um, I always have a choice, but it's like I have to work a bit harder now, I think, when those moments come up. Because that moment can't look like me just checking out and, you know, emotionally shutting off and dealing. I can't do that anymore. Because now you have a child. Yeah. I have and a, a husband. responsibility. And I want to be better than that for him. Yeah. Yeah. What's it feel like? I've never been in a healthy relationship. <laughs> sure you have. I just realized, like, you know when you, like, look back and you're like, wow, I'm a toxic bitch. I've never been in a healthy relationship. I'm sure you have. I've been in a healthy relationship with myself, but never That's with the most important else. one, then. It's the most important one, but what's it like <laughs> to be in a healthy relationship with someone else? Because that must have been foreign to you before you met Michael. I think it's more about, like, healthier Yes. Right? Because it's like nothing, like that's what I'm working with now, right? Like it's not that black and white and it's not just normal or perfect or healthy. Yeah. Because it's all challenging. It's not easy. So, but it's healthier when I feel that my husband and I can talk about anything. Yeah. That we immediately address something. We discuss it and we try to have a mature approach to it yeah. you know it doesn't have to be abuse and name calling and like all of that it doesn't have to be the manipulation and um the codependency and things like this yeah yeah it can be healthier for sure can we get real for two seconds <laughs> like we have <laughs> as we been. have not been getting real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just feel like being mina savari oh no in the 90s and the 2000s <laughs> There was no social media you could live freely. Yeah. You you were able to explore and make mistakes without cameras being in your face every two seconds. But I didn't feel that I could, though. No. I didn't feel that way at all. You still felt like you couldn't. Oh, yeah. Because it's not like back then we had a comparison. Like, oh, wait a minute. Social media is coming. We can chill now. Like, we didn't know. You yeah. know, we still felt like... Well, I'm speaking for myself, though. Yeah. So I definitely felt like... I mean, I, and I talk about this in the book. I don't know if anyone's or will make that connection. But when I was curious about certain things, I'd call my agent. You would call your agent? Yeah. Can I get a tattoo? Like, I didn't know. You had no idea no. that you could make decisions like, on I your own. like, can I do that? It's so crazy. Yeah. I very much felt like that. And I still suffer from that. Like, <laughs> can I do that? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Um, maybe I can if I want to. What's the greatest, like, when you look back on your career, what was that moment where you were like, yes, <laughs> like. I had that, but I didn't, it, it was like I was sort of still out of body and not fully owning it and experiencing, and, and experiencing it when I did. Cause yeah. I see that. I see myself standing next to Muhammad Ali and Destiny's Child and Method Man. And it was just me. And I'm like, how did I end up in that photo? <laughs> And I didn't get it then. There's been so many of those incredible <laughs> moments, but I didn't understand, like, the importance of that then. Um, I see it more now, and I'm like, wow. There's been uh, so many incredible gifts, all of the projects that I've been able to work on. Is there one moment, a project, that you wish that you could go back and redo and relive in your body? Because um, Brad Pitt touched me on the red carpet one time. We have the photo, and we also have the B-roll. <laughs> I blanked out. 
I wasn't putting a sentence together. He grabbed my arm and he basically was like, it's okay, you could do it. Well, that happened with me and Daniel Day-Lewis. Wait, what happened? so embarrassing. (laughs) At an awards party and he was just sitting there so long ago. I don't even know what I said. I was like, hi, Mina. You're amazing. I don't know. (laughs) He was just like, (laughs) looking up at me like, thanks, you know, some other fan. I think I even said, I was like, I'm an actor too. I don't know. <laughs> sort of walked away. It's like, wow. <laughs> then I remember seeing him like, I don't know, decade later in, in, uh, in New York. I was walking in Manhattan. I was like, oh, it's Daniel Day-Lewis. I walked past and I was like, oh, there he was again. <laughs> You're like, I wonder if he remembers that one oh. random night. Yeah. Remember I was that, you know, <laughs> that nerd that came up to you. Yeah. I just, he's the greatest to me. One of the greatest. Who's the greatest person you've ever worked with? I don't, see, I'm so bad with those. It all means something to me. I can't rate them like that. No. I can't. Who's the person you learned the most I love them all. From? You love them all. <laughs> Who, and then 25 years later, you write the, write, the second book, and it's like, hated that bitch the whole time. Yes. Couldn't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the person that you learned the most from? Just by watching them and being in their presence. I worked on this project called The World of Nick Adams, and it was a reading, but it was so strange. It wasn't a play, but we were on stage, and it was when the Kodak Theater opened, and I'd never done a performance like that. So it was terrifying to me. It was like 5,000 seats or something. And the cast was incredible, again, and I didn't know how I was there. I remember... um, Kevin Klein yeah. coming up and talking to me and just sharing a moment with me and offering up some advice and uh, and how I just I never forgot little moments like that. Yeah. When um, you can feel very separate and alone and like in a sea of competition, you know, it was nice. Especially for girls too, I feel like they pitted you guys against each other so much. I didn't know that. I mean, that's just what I've come to hear more of back then but I didn't know that then I was having a conversation recently and and my response was well I just uh all I knew was I was being ignored (laughs) you know I didn't realize that it was like a competition type thing yeah uh, with my counterparts you know because I to me that was never the case I talk about that in the book too and in um when I first competed in this modeling competition and how Someone spoke negatively of me, someone I'd never met. I didn't understand that. I never tried to have that um, approach towards anyone. Are you the only girl in, in your family? Yes, yeah. That's why. Huh. <laughs> you didn't grow up with Thank sisters. <laughs> That's why you did not have that. <laughs> But it's crazy. You must go back now and you're like, oh, wow, that's what was going on. This is why no one talked to me from 99 to 2002. Well, no, I just I made that comment in um, in relation to like if I thought about attending events or things like back then, it didn't feel like a supportive group. Yeah. Have you found the great piece? I believe that I am closer to it. Yes. I, I gave the book that I, you know, I typed up this 
red binder. I gave it that name, the great piece back then. I believe because it was something that I was hoping to reach. Yeah. And I feel now that I'm closer to that. What do you hope people take from reading this book? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a nice question, but I... You haven't figured it out yet. I haven't figured it out, and I, it, it, I haven't tried to focus on that because I felt so compelled to tell my story I needed to, first and foremost, that I couldn't get wrapped up in that. Yeah. If, if anything, I, I hope it can inspire or shine light or I, I hope it can create more conversations yeah. that I think is important to keep having. For sure. Yeah, that's that's important to me. Um, so I feel like if any of that can happen indirectly, I mean, that's the most beautiful gift. And my last question is, will you do the audiobook? I've already done it. Because I feel like <laughs> you need to experience this in your words. Oh yeah, it's in there. And that, that was um, difficult at times. I had to stop a few moments, but I'm, I don't know. I, I and I would ask, and I try to trust in the process. They seemed okay with it, but I'm sure you can probably hear some of that in there. It wasn't easy for me to talk about. Thank you so much. Thank you. This Thanks was amazing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, you guys. Thank you again for joining us for another week of Just This It. And don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Hit me up on Instagram at Justin A. Sylvester. And as usual, we will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Just the Sip.